Hey, this is Danielle and Nicole with the Guard Your Heart, Health, and Spirit podcast. We are both so excited to be here for our upcoming episode, which will be all about how to find self-love in a broken world. So we felt like this was a useful topic just because, you know, we are navigating different obstacles in our day-to-day and we think it's very important to make room and space for pouring into yourself, upholding your boundaries, really remaining true to yourself and, you know, your identity as a child of God. So we are here today to really share more on how we think you can learn to love yourself well and uh, pour into yourself in a way which is fruitful, not just for your own self, but for the world around you. And so really quick, just want to get into just kind of our basic understanding of what self-love is. So I would personally define self-love as the ability and the intention to show up day in and day out for yourself, really doing what you're say you're going to do on a day-to-day basis, upholding your boundaries, maintaining a sense of of self-respect, and, you know, remaining true to who you are as a person. Because when you walk in full authenticity and alignment of who you are, it's you're much more able to impact the world around you and really walk um, towards the purpose that, ba- that, that God has called you into. And so um, we just think that self-love is a really, really important topic to talk about and um, definitely want to highlight that there is a distinction between self-love and self-care because I think that self-care is something a little bit more, it's it's a more artificial version of what self-love is. It's more of the doing aspect as far as, okay, I can, you know, take care of myself by going to the gym. I can maybe do a face mask, paint my nails, like it's just more of the artificial aspect, whereas I view self-love as more of the depth as far as that goes, the ability to do the hard things in order to really remain true to who you are and walk in full alignment on your path and purpose to becoming all that God has designed for you to be and really living up to your full potential. So really living in a state of self-love and maintaining that is requires a lot of intentionality and making hard choices and decisions some of the time. So uh, we're first going to get into the topic of self-care. Nicole, if you want to share a little bit about how you view view self-care, maybe some things that you do to um, just pour that into yourself. Yeah, and I would say the way Danielle defines self-love is uh, really true to what I believe it is. And even though self-care is more so an artificial part of self-love, you still think it's necessary uh, part of self-love. Just self-love also includes more of the deeper things like practicing gratitude, learning to accept yourself for who you are and things like that. So when I think about self-care, I think about not just making sure that you're taking care of yourself physically, you're brushing your teeth, you're taking a shower, you're going to the gym, but also making time, maybe not every single day, but at least a few times a week for the things that you enjoy doing. Because 
you're going to learn to feel better about yourself and to love yourself more when you invest your time and energy into things that you're passionate about, things that bring you joy. Because a lot of times, especially as we become adults and we enter the real world, it can be hard to not pour everything we have into our career or to our relationship, our finances, college, things like that. And while those are all very important aspects of our life that absolutely need attention and effort, we can't just forget about the little things, right? The things that we do just for fun to make us feel like we're truly ourselves. So some of the things that I like to do to practice self-care, and believe me, I'm not perfect. I can fall short on making time for those things, but I want to make more time, is just baking. I love to bake. Um, It really makes me feel happy to know that I'm making something with my hands and it's a yummy treat. I also love to play cozy games. (laughs) I don't know any of you guys who are out there who are avid Sims players, but I have a ton of expansion packs on Sims 4. I love playing Animal Crossing, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Fay Farm. It's just those games just help me to relax when I get home after work from a stressful day maybe or a hectic day. And it just allows me to just veg out and do things that are relaxing and don't need a lot of brain focus that are just really cutesy and cozy. So yeah, those are some of the things that I like to do for fun to take care of myself. I also do enjoy reading a good book here and there. I'm an English major, so (laughs) that's not a surprise. I love murder mysteries. I love historical fiction. Just getting yourself even wrapped up in a good book or good TV show that you're really invested in uh, could be a simple way to show self-care. So Danielle, I want to know what are some things that you like to do to show self-care for yourself? Yeah, I do want to highlight before I get into that, you know, while I said that self-care is a more artificial version of self-love, I still think that it's necessary and very important to make time and space to pour into yourself in different ways of self-care because it helps you also hold true to that unique sense of identity and aspects of what makes each of us different and who we are. It highlights that and reminds us of that. So I definitely think it's important to, you know, make that intentional space, make that time to partake in doing those things that you love and that bring you peace and that make you happy. For me, I would say some of the things that I do are, you know, doing self-care on my body. If it's like doing a, a good mask on my face to make, you know, my skin feel rejuvenated, you know, painting my nails, girly things, or even, you know, just taking time to read the word of God, just pouring truth and, and life into my spirit, because those are the things that edify my spirit and that renew my mind and give me that positive mindset. Um, I would say also, you know, just getting out and being active. If it's going to the gym, um, going for a walk or bike ride in the summer, if it's getting out and going dancing, because for everybody that knows me, I absolutely love to dance. It'll be any style. If it's ballroom, you know, throwing on my country boots and going country line dancing. Um, I definitely, you know, just find so much joy in doing that and helps me express myself as well. Um, And baking. I, I love to 
to bake and get creative with different baking projects in my free time. So when I have the chance to be able to, you know, do those things that I love, I it, it definitely kind of fills my spirit with joy. And I, I encourage everybody to do it because I think that it shows and reminds you that there are unique things about you that make you special. And it's important to hold true to, you know, those aspects of yourself. Also, like it's easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle of life, you know, like as you get older, you are likely in a position where you're working a lot more, maybe where you're raising a family and it's easy to lose sight of all those little things that, you know, naturally bring you joy. But we definitely both think it's important to be able to make space and time for for those things. Yeah, and then the next step that we feel like is necessary in order to practice self-love is also to practice gratitude, which can be a very difficult thing to do if you feel like you're not at the place in life that you wish you were in, or maybe you've kind of felt like you're falling short or you felt like you're behind in some areas, but I think it's really important to just learn to be thankful for what we already have because how are you going to love yourself if you're constantly thinking about the next big thing you want to achieve or you're telling yourself, I'm not going to be happy until I get my dream job or get that dream house or get into a marriage or have kids. You're I think it's really powerful to just learn to find contentment and joy and peace in the moment because if you don't, you're always going to feel like you're not good enough because you haven't gone the next step or gone the extra mile yet. Um, and I think too with with practicing gratitude, some easy things you can do for that is just have a gratitude journal. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, Write down just one thing that you're grateful for that day. And it could be something as stupid and silly as, oh, I'm grateful that the sun is out. Or I'm grateful that I have a big warm bed to wake up in. Or it could be something bigger like, you know, wow, I'm really grateful for my spouse. You know, they did a really nice thing for me this morning. They made me breakfast in bed or they hugged me when I woke up. Or maybe I'm grateful for my pet and how fluffy and soft they are. (laughs) And you'll be surprised the more and more that you start thinking of one or two things you're grateful for each day, it becomes a habit. It becomes something that's on your mind every day and it helps you form a more positive mindset and when you feel grateful and thankful for the things that you have you're going to feel good about where you're at in life no matter what position you're in and I just I just think it's really important to to practice gratitude the next point we wanted to get into is mindfulness and just the ability to implement that on a day-to-day basis. Uh, just the importance of mind mind over mattering, you know, life, because I think that um, sometimes it's easy to get lost in all the little things and all the little details and sometimes feel overwhelmed with all the random intrusive thoughts that can come into our mind. And so to put on the armor of God and to also just practice 
practice um, meditating on positive thoughts um, is really important. And so just the ability, as Nicole mentioned in the previous point, to remain in gratitude, to release worry. Um, I'm a big believer that surrender in your day-to-day is really the key to living a happy life because there is so many things that remain out of our control. Um, What we do have control over, of course, is the way we think, you know, what we choose to believe. Um, Those those are the things that we have control over, our reaction to different things that show up in our life or in our day-to-day. We have control over those things. As far as external circumstances, we don't necessarily have that. So, you know, just to really release worry and just take control over what you can control, I think is going to set a lot of us up for, you know, just having more of a sense of peace as we're navigating the unique ups and downs of life. And also just being present with everything that God has has given us and, um, you know, being present with the people that he's placed in our life, really showing up as much as we can, you know, fully in our day to day to to love others, I, I think is a good way to just... Um, you know, appreciate kind of what's been initially placed in our surroundings. And so to remain in gratitude, to release the worry and to be present, I feel like are just some simple steps that we can follow to um, live a more joyful life. And uh, what it says in Matthew 6 verses 25 through 27 is, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body not more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet our heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So just, you know, the importance of remembering that God is in control and if God can provide for the animals and the plants and the earth, he can surely provide for us. So there's really, really nothing else to worry about as much as it's easy to get lost and swept up in, you know, those things. God's scripture reminds us that there isn't anything and that he'll take care of us and provide for us. Yeah, and then quickly, just before we go on to our next step, I just want to piggyback off of uh, the very beautiful definition that Danielle gave for mindfulness. I think, too, when we keep worrying constantly, right, and and we're, we're constantly worried about what's to come, the uncertainties in life, and we just let that hold us back, we're not going to truly love ourselves because we're going to hold ourselves back from reaching our true potential and accomplishing all the wonderful things that God has placed us on this earth to accomplish. So it's important, like Danielle said again, to let go of that worry and remember that God is in control. And as long as you lean on him for support and guidance and help, you will be okay. He's got you. The next thing I want to talk about is the idea of playing the comparison game. I feel like this is something that we all struggle with 
It is a very natural human emotion to feel jealous from time to time. If you look on social media and you see that somebody has more things than you have, or maybe you have a friend or family member that has accomplished certain things that you have yet to accomplish, I think it's easy to get stuck in that trap. But I think it's so important for us to remember that the more and more you focus on what other people are doing, the less energy and time and effort you're putting into figuring out what your goals are and what are the steps that you should be taking to get the things that you want. So it's kind of a waste of time focusing on other people. Also, just because someone else has what you don't have that doesn't mean you won't accomplish that one day. God has a purpose for all of us, and our timelines may look different, right? Not everyone's timeline is the same. Some people will graduate from college and figure out what they want to do right away. Other people might take a longer time to figure out what their purpose is. Some people want to get married and settle down and start a family right away. Other people want to travel and explore new things and be independent and enjoy that freedom. And that is totally okay. I think that's one of the beautiful parts about being in your 20s is you start to realize that everybody has a different journey. Everybody has different priorities and goals and wants and needs and desires So you really can't compare yourself to other people. It's silly. And I don't know about Danielle, but I feel this way too. And and she can share how she feels about this as she would like. I think social media also is a pretty big catalyst for people comparing themselves. I think we just got to remember, you can't compare yourself to someone else's highlights. (laughs) Um, People pick and choose what they want to share on social media, right? You don't get to see the real problems behind closed doors. You don't get to see what their real relationship dynamic is or if they have their own flaws or insecurities or problems. So I think it's just important to remember that social media also is not real life. And so if you're going to compare yourself to a stranger you see on social media, you're comparing yourself to something that's not substantial, that's not meaningful. So again, comparing yourself in that way is a waste of time. I could not agree more with that. And I was just thinking about Theodore Roosevelt's quote, which is comparison is the thief of joy. It really it truly robs us of joy. And I I completely acknowledge that it's it's something that is just a normal human emotion and something that we can totally experience at random. But I think it's also a good indicator to check, okay, you know, why and, and to challenge why is this feeling or emotion coming up in me? What is creating this jealousy or this envy or this comparison? And why is it, you know, stealing my joy? And one of the things as I was just doing a little bit of research on, you know, where envy and jealousy comes from is sometimes it can come from uh, a lack of dissatisfaction with yourself. It can come from low Mm self-esteem. So then to just kind of go on a journey to investigating like where is this coming from? Why is this stirring up in me? And um, and trying to get to the the root issue of, you know, why you have the the, the low self-esteem and just addressing that. Because sometimes when certain emotions come up in us, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's normal, but it's a good indicator to check into and investigate what's going on so that you can resolve it and 
you know, really continue to live in a state of peace and joy, a posture and state that God wants you to experience, you know, and I feel like we live in a broken world, you know, there's going to be things that try to, to steal our joy and peace, but God wants us to be there to remind us that we don't have to hold on to those negative emotions or negative beliefs. Um, So just, you know, really challenging yourself when those emotions do come up, getting to the root of the issue, you know, and it's also, I think, good to remember that, you know, God calls us to be joyful with others and to not covet what others have. Mm -hmm. So to just remember, you know, it's God that holds the glory and, shows us the importance of having humility and gratitude for what we do have. And when we remove ourselves from being in his role, acknowledge that he has the glory and we only have to measure ourselves up against what God thinks of us and expects of us. And 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 just going from there, knowing that we have all that we need and he's equipped us with all that we need. And hopefully that kind of puts us in a state of just being grateful for what we already do have and maybe not having to carry that weight and burden of the comparison trap. What are your thoughts on that, Nicole? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next thing that I really want to touch base on, especially because Danielle and I have both experienced um, issues with this over the past year or so, and that topic is surrounding yourself with good people and more specifically surrounding yourself with people that you admire and want to be more like people that encourage you to challenge yourself people that encourage you to grow people that uplift you Um, it's very important especially the older you get to not surround yourself with people who dim your light and make you feel like you have to change yourself to fit what they want and to fit their expectations. My husband actually has once, well, many times throughout the past few years when it came to certain uh, drama (laughs) with certain people in my life, he has reminded me of this motto. I think we should all remember it. It's that you are the sum of your five closest friends. And that is so true. The people that you choose to surround yourself with do to a certain extent shape who you are. They have a huge influence on your life. And when you surround yourself with people who are negative influences on you, you will ultimately become the opposite of who you wish to be. And that's not going to help you learn to love yourself if you feel like You're trying to be somebody that you're not because of another person's influence or because you feel like you have to change that part of yourself, like I mentioned earlier, so that other person will like you. And there's actually a really awesome scripture, really awesome verse I want to share with you guys that correlate with this point. And it comes from Corinthians 15, 33. It says, If we want to know the Lord and become more like him, we must surround ourselves with friends who desire the same things. If we don't, we'll desire the things of the world that inevitably lead to ruin. And that's another important part. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be friends with people that don't share all the same beliefs and values that you do. You can still find common ground with people, but I think that the people that you most strongly associate with, the people, I'm talking about the top five people that are in your in-group, okay? 
Those are the people that should be helping you to get closer to God, right? That should be helping you to glorify God. That should be helping you to build a relationship with God, encouraging you to do so, and not people who are going to encourage you, for example, to turn to substance abuse or to act in ways that go against your values and morals and what God has planned for you. Because again, you're not going to learn to love yourself unless you are truly living your most authentic life and trying to be is true to not only who you are as a Christian, but also who God wants you to be. Amen to that. I could not could not agree more. And I think that one of my favorite scriptures that I always kind of go back to is in Proverbs 27, where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so to really assess who are the people, you know, closest to you in your life that you're surrounding you yourselves with, because those are going to be the people that that shape you. And I, I tend to think about this with every area of life, with everything that you do, you know, the, the way you show up for yourself, how you take care of yourself, the foods that you put in your body, the music that you listen to, everything all has the ability to shape who we become as people, even down to the thoughts that we believe about ourselves. It all impacts, you know, the, the trajectory of our life and the overall experience that we um, have in this life. And so, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with is a huge, huge part of that. And that's why, you know, I think as I've gotten older, even more so, I recognize the importance of just surrounding myself with people that, you know, not only inspire me, but that challenge me to become a better person and to, you know, be someone that will help me step step outside of myself to to do God's work and to just love others better, you know. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with, you know, people that inspire you and will ultimately help you to grow. And I think for myself, and Nicole knows this about me, I've always been someone that's very open-minded. I've always been someone that's like, you know, go with the flow, chill, laid back personality, which is great. There's some really beautiful aspects of, of that. But I think sometimes there is that ability, and my mom pointed this out to me, to be too open-minded, mm-hmm. where you're open, open-minded open to too many things, and that kind of halts you from truly knowing who you are. So, you know, and, and that could also help you kind of, or lead you to get swept up in the wrong types of, um, mm-hmm. you know, things or people or whatever. So, you know, it's it's good to be open-minded. It's good to be, you know, chill in different circumstances of life. But you also have to be careful of who you're allowing to, to shape you. And I think that that's been a unique lesson and experience that I've, I've learned over time. And I think, you know, as you get older, you realize and recognize um, just how people have that ability to, to shape you or potentially hold you back from, you know, living up to your full potential or taking you to higher levels in life. So I think that Nicole and I have both been on a unique journey to um, kind of let, you know, surrendering to God and allowing him to, to do, do a work in our lives 
to help us um, continue to grow in, in that aspect and who we're surrounding ourselves with. So the next point that we have for you guys is something that we brought up before about intrusive thoughts, how they have the ability to, you know, come into our mind at any random moment. Sometimes they're provoked by experiences or situations that we have in our life. Uh, But nevertheless, in a broken world, they do most definitely pop up in our minds and they can wreak havoc on our minds and our spirits if we really uh, allow them to to take over or to have an impact on, you know, our day or just our beliefs about different things. And so the the importance of getting intentional about combating your negative thoughts with an affirmation, or you know, you know, just positive quote or something that you find in scripture to be able to reframe those negative. Uh, thoughts and and challenge, you know, any negative beliefs that you may have. I think we all have them. We all wrestle against them, you know, whether it be insecurities, doubts, um, you know, negative beliefs or false narratives that we, you know, once held on to, to be able to just get really intentional about when a negative thought does come up, combating it with a positive thought, um, or scripture, as I mentioned, to not allow that to lead you down a rabbit hole of becoming something that you actually believe. And I feel like a lot of negative thoughts or negative beliefs um, do hold us back in many ways and do, you know, limit our potential and um, kind of keep us um, held back in chains if we haven't released things that are no longer serving us like old beliefs you know some i can think back to to school when someone said something really negative to me you know, they said i look like a caveman <laughs> um and this was actually a person that likes me but it, it was something that stuck stuck with me for a while or the same person called me the she devil like just <laughs> Things that shouldn't follow us into the present day, you know, period and cause us to believe anything negative about ourselves is, uh, you know, just something that is very useful to let go of and really challenge as you get older. And I, that's been a skill that I've uh, learned to hone in on as well. Thinking uh, back to Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9, where it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. I love this scripture because it highlights the importance importance of being intentional about the things that we choose to believe, the things that we choose to tell ourselves, ourselves and um, the, the thoughts that we should be meditating daily on. This is something that we should be putting into consistent practice to remain armored up against the enemy's, you know, tactics and voices of intrusive thoughts that are trying to, you know, hold us down and really hold us back from, you know, stepping into all that God has for us. And so thinking about noble, wise, pure, 
admirable things are going to be things that help us, you know, step into our God-given purposes and potential and experience all that God really wants us to, you know, have in this world. And so I just, I can't stress the importance enough of being intentional about what you, you know, what thoughts you choose to to believe and tell yourself on a day-to-day basis. Yes. And to add to what Danielle said, and I tell my students this, I actually just had a conversation <laughs> with a student after school yesterday who was really stressing out about a research paper. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to finish this. I looked at her and I said, if you tell yourself you won't, then you won't. If you tell yourself you will, then you will. I think that the thoughts and beliefs that we put in our heads, just like Danielle pointed out, those actually shape what happens to us because you're you're training your brain to believe, again, that either you will or you won't. And so, I, again, I, I just think that's really important, like what Danielle said, to make sure that you, I know it can be hard, especially if we're insecure about something and life's always going to throw us lemons, right? There's going to be challenges you face, but you kind of have to force yourself to reframe your mindset and be like, no, you know what? I can do it. Even if you don't fully believe that you can do it, still tell yourself that you can and eventually you'll believe it, right? Just just practice even, and this is something I need to work on, right? Because I tend to be a little bit more of a negative, pessimistic thinker about certain situations. So I kind of have to force myself to look myself in the mirror and say, you can do this, Nicole. You can accomplish this. You've got this. And even if it feels cringy doing that, I'm like, oh, I don't really believe that. Do it anyway. Force yourself to put on that smile. And anytime you have an insecurity come up and you look at yourself in the mirror, for example, and you think, oh my gosh, my nose is so big. <laughs> Try to reframe it and be like, you know what? My nose is perfect for my face because God created me and God makes no mistakes, okay? So you can tell yourself, that or it, it, maybe there's something that you're insecure about. Maybe you don't like your your laugh or you don't like how shy you might come off to certain people. Then you know what to say. You know what? Maybe there's certain things I need to work on. Maybe I need to get myself more out of my comfort zone, not be so shy. But you know what? Awesome traits I have. I'm a really cool person. I'm a good listener. Uh, I'm I'm good at really getting deep with people. And, and just remember too, again. Like Danielle read with the scripture, when we have those negative thoughts, it doesn't come from God, it comes from the enemy. So just remind yourself that because the enemy likes to attack us from the inside out by making us feel bad about ourselves. Remember, that's not what God intends for you. God loves you and accepts you for who you are and sees your value, which kind of goes into my next step that we want to talk about is learning to see our value through God's eyes and living our lives accordingly. We are made in the image of God. I know I said this in a previous podcast. I'm not trying to be repetitive, but I think it's important for us to remember that we are God's children. And because we are God's children, we were made in his image unlike any other creature or species on this earth or even in heaven. Angels aren't even made in God's image. Um, that just shows how per- how perfect we are in his eyes and how we have a lot of value. And I think that 
when we live in a broken world, there's a lot of things and a lot of people that we come across that make us feel like we're not good enough and like we don't have as much value. I know for me, for example, I'm sure Danielle has a a similar experience. You might come across certain relationships or friendships where people just make you feel really down about yourself. But you just have to remind yourself that that's not how God sees you, right? We all have room to grow. We all are born sinners, but God loves us for who we are. And so when we learn to see the way that he sees us through his eyes, especially as women, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think women are pretty freaking cool. Okay. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Men don't get to give birth. They don't. Hello. I mean, they may plant the seeds, but we're the actual ones who like create new human beings on this earth. Okay. Women have an amazing role. And obviously, I I don't want to diminish our purpose to just, oh, we're all mothers and that's our, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's our only job is to procreate and create new children, offspring and be nurturing, caring. No, I think that there's a lot of different purposes that women have. And I think that women are very intelligent and we're awesome. And seeing our value as women and as individuals through the way that God sees us is so important. And I think it's not just important to understand how God values us, but to also learn to respect ourselves, right? Because God doesn't want us to just go through life letting people walk all over us, um, just letting life beat us down because he's like, I think you're pretty cool. You're my child. And so I need you to show yourself that you're pretty cool and respect yourself. And I'm going to let Danielle kind of um, wrap this up in a little bit. But I think that one of the main ways that we can learn to respect ourselves is to have boundaries, right? If we see that somebody's not respecting our boundaries or if we feel like someone's mistreating us or if we're in a situation where we feel like our needs and our desires are not being met and we don't have a voice and we're not being heard, it is okay to say no to those things and no to those people because if you don't, you're showing others that you don't really respect who you are at your core, right? And so you're giving um, more people more of the opportunity to walk all over you or to make you feel bad about yourself. And, And it's just remember again that God sees your true value. So you need to learn to value yourself and honor yourself, just like how you would honor God. Honor who you are and also show yourself compassion too. Because as long as you're trying to grow and become a better version of yourself, of course, we all fall short. But as long as you're trying to do that and trying to walk with God and trying your best to have a relationship with Him, I know that life can get crazy and things can get in the way. But as long as you're trying and you wake up in the morning and you're just getting through the day and, and you're and you're trying. That is good enough. So please show yourself compassion too, even when sometimes it feels like you fall short. Yeah, great, great things there, Nicole. Uh, Something that I wanted to to add to that and piggyback off of is that I think if you don't have boundaries and that self-respect and the ability to say no, and the ability to just demand respect, I, I think it's a, a, just a slippery slope um, because you could very easily let other people run you around, uh, call the shots, and no longer are you in control of of your life and um, 
really in a posture of guarding your heart, which is kind of what this podcast is all about. I think that with self-respect comes the ability to grow in the gift of discernment. And going hand in hand with self-respect is having the ability to uphold your boundaries, to say no when it's needed. This is something that, you know, I spent a lot of years being a recovered uh, or recovering people pleaser struggled with because I, you know, wanted to appease other people. I always wanted to make other people happy, but it comes at the expense of yourself and it can truly lead you down the wrong path if you aren't saying no when it's appropriate or if you aren't setting up boundaries to protect your spirit and to guard your heart. And so, just something I think that is extremely important and something that we all learn to grow into as as we get older because I think having self-respect, demanding that, upholding that is really going to set you up for success in this life and it's going to really lead you down the path and purpose that God has set for you. Um, so these are just some of the, the, the main things and ways in which we believe that self-love has really shaped who we are today and how it's helped us become better people, not just for ourselves, but for those around us. And we believe that when you start with giving yourself that self-love, you that, that overflows into other people's life and you're able to really bring a lot more to the world around you when you start by loving yourself well first. And that doesn't mean that we can't love others if things aren't perfect, if we're not perfectly loving ourselves, because obviously we're going to fall short. We're going to have days where things are out of control control. Um, But I think that there's ways to just find a healthy balance of doing both and remembering the important aspects of what it means to start with loving ourselves well. Do you have anything else to add to that, Nicole? Yeah, I think just to kind of summarize and wrap up everything we talked about, um, just learning to love yourself means to, to learn to see yourself through the eyes of God and just learning to take care of yourself and show yourself compassion and put up boundaries or boundaries need to be set. And, you know, God really wants us to learn to love our neighbor, love everyone around us. But the way I kind of see it too, is you can't really love others if your cup is half empty. Your cup has to be full. You can't expect yourself to pour into others and love on others if you don't learn to really love yourself first. Um, and of course, a big part of how you're going to learn to love yourself too is is learning to walk with God and learning to love God, our creator, because if we are more true to who he would want us to be, then we're going to be more true to ourselves as, as his creation and, and we'll be able to then love on others, encourage others to be true to themselves as well. So Again, these are things that Danielle and I are both still working on. We are not perfect by any means. I know when I was reading off this list, I was like, (laughs) some of these things I need to be better at, okay? But we're learning and we're growing just like you guys are. And we just want to, again, encourage the the community of our listeners and women who are listening to, to help us on this journey as we are helping you and, and we're all in this together. So I really want to 
to give a shout out to you guys. And I appreciate those of you who are listening to our podcast. We will have another episode coming up in the next couple weeks. So we're just going to keep chugging along and, and hopefully more and more people will join in and listen to what we have to say because Danielle and I really do value just just putting our hearts out there and, and, and using our voices to express things that are important to us and that hopefully will help other people. So that is it for today's episode. Uh, again, I am Nicole Andrusco, one of your hosts. And Danielle Perham, your other host. Thank you guys so much for listening and we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye-bye.